0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.kim, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento B. And we are going to go through a 49ers offseason checklist. The Combine, we're recording this Monday, February 28th. The Combine will start um, by the time you're listening to this, Tuesday, March 1st. And that's when we're kind of anticipating things will really get rolling with the off-season. So we're going to look ahead to what the 49ers need to do in the trade market, of course, and then in free agency. And then um, a little bit of, of draft stuff. We're not going to get necessarily into specific players, but just kind of some draft strategy and things of that ilk. But first, <laughs> we're going to have some fun with uh, an NFC West quarterback and his agent. Let's get into it.
0: Blue liar. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: Has got him at second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops. Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. I thought the Kyler Murray thing was a bit at first. The graphic that got posted. It looks like a bit. So for those of you who are not on Twitter, which um. Congratulations! Good for you. Very, very good for you. <laughs> I'm happy for your choice to not be on the on on Twitter. Adam Schefter tweeted this morning, 5:40 uh, a.m. Pacific, a statement from Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray's agent Eric Burkhart. And what follows is like a a like Word doc with a border and a photo of Kyler and Kyler's logo on it. And then in all caps, poorly worded, also wordy, like too many words that are also bad, badly, poorly used words. So too many poorly used words. There's like a a pattern on the background. There's some bold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that was my computer just now, but no, that's real. It's there's a pattern, like a diamond pattern. It's like a snakeskin <laughs> background. Is the snakeskin a subtle hint at the Diamondbacks, meaning Kyler Murray is going to come play baseball for the A's once the MLB lockout is over? Chris? Uh, is, is, <laughs>
2: the, is Major League Baseball ever going to resume playing? That's, that's oh. probably the better question.
1: Um, Maybe if the Players Association sent over a graphic in all caps with some random bold type in it. I mean, it repeats
2: we, itself. Accent actions do speak much louder than words in this volatile business. So that would that's sense. a direct
1: quote. That, would, that would makes sense.
2: Yeah. So that's my favorite part of this thing, right? It's a bunch of stuff. It's like, whatever card, the Cardinals have been successful and gotten better since Kyler Murray's arrival, blah, blah, blah. It's just very like I, I get there's been sort of a weird information campaign against Kyler, this offseason, and it sounds like there's plenty of drama between him and the Cardinals. I don't understand why releasing this note is a good is, is a good idea at all. Like none of it seems like a good look. And there's a part in bold in the note that is entirely all caps. The whole thing it says, Actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. You know what this note is? I've often said that. A bunch of words. <laughs> Okay. This note is a bunch of words, and the whole thesis here bold. It's it's there are a bunch of thick paragraphs. There is one sentence that stands alone right in the middle of it. Actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. This note is words.
1: I need to, (laughs) I need to get to what's directly after that because it's totally unhinged. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Listen to all these unnecessary words. Like if you were editing this thing, you could you could legitimately edit this edit the the entire thing down to like three sentences. But it's like Kyler Murray was like, put out a statement. Here's a word count. It is now, si- quoting the, 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 the statement directly, it is now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old already two-time Pro Bowl QB who led the organization from three wins before his arrival to 11 wins, 11 wins hyphenated, 11 wins and their first playoff appearance in five years. That was a sentence. Or rather... <laughs> if they choose to financially prioritize committing to other areas and continuing to merely talk about addressing Kyler's long-term future as their QB. Uh, What? Unfortunately, every player coach and executive in the NFL knows parenthetical or should know that words and hypothetical contractual promises are regularly dismissed and fleeting in this business. Now in bold, Kyler Murray remains hopeful that the organization Choses to commit so that he can continue leading the Cardinals to further success and value for many years to come. It was like he wanted to put the word value in there, forgot, and then was like success and value. Choses. Success and value Choses
2: is sending me right now. I didn't even catch Chose's of the first time.
1: <laughs> did so- did nobody read this? Did no one <laughs> give it a little proofread? It's Tyler it's entry level proofread your statements. 200 bucks a statement i will proofread it for you why is it that so many people
2: of quote unquote power release press releases that just are like in ridiculous styles and fonts and like or like mark davis will capitalize every word when he releases a statement it's like why like have you not read anything ever (laughs) like like what have you ever read that's aside from a, a statement you've released previously that capitalizes every word And what value do you think that adds to
1: it? Other than to say, I have no idea how grammar works. Unless Mark Davis exclusively reads New York Times headlines. (laughs) Which, which, like, maybe. Maybe. I'm putting that on the table for sure.
2: Kyler remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit so (laughs) that he can continue leading the Cardinals to further success and value for many years to come. Leading the
1: Cardinals to value?
2: Yeah, I don't know. What? Don't know. I don't, I can't <laughs> believe somebody hit send on that and sent it to Adam Schefter and other prominent media people. Um, but I guess the point here is that clearly something's amiss with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And Murray's up for an extension. He's eligible for an extension for the first time this offseason. It's his third year in the league. He's in the same position as Nick Bosa. Um, the difference is he's obviously a quarterback. And I don't know if you can really look at what Kyler Murray's done and say like, yeah, he's clearly ascending. He's clearly a lot better. Like the Cardinals records have gotten better for sure. But Kyler Murray's numbers have been kind of flat across the board. And now two, two seasons in a row, he's gotten worse late in the season. And that seems to me to be a bad sign. And if you have to release a letter asking the organization to chose you, (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't think things are well, great for Kyler right now.
1: And, and just to, it's kind of wild that the 49ers quarterback situation is what it is. And it's like one of the most normal quarterback situations in the NFC West with Russell Wilson, deleting all the Seahawks stuff from his social media and possibly wanting out and Kyler Murray doing this and Matthew Stafford watching a girl fall off a of stage. <laughs> um, she's, <laughs> Um, no, I, you get it with the Cardinals though. Like if Kyler Murray's agent threw an offer at them, that was like, give us 50 mil and structure it this way, because we know how important the structure is structure it this way. So you can sign some guys this year, but we want Patrick Mahomes money. If you're the Cardinals, you're not just accepting that carte blanche. Like you said, the Cardinals went, 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 I think five and 10 and one his rookie year, not five, five and 10, his rookie year. Had five wins. Three wins. Five, five and wins. eleven. Five and eleven. Um then they go eight and eight. Oh, they did and... go five, seven five, to and one. All right, so five, ten, and one his rookie year. He went he went eight and eight last uh two seasons ago, but was like hurt down the stretch and didn't play well down the stretch. Last year he missed three starts and went nine and five in 14 starts, and like you said, kind of faltered down the stretch and then had one of the worst playoff performances I've ever seen in my life. And to go be like, yeah, Hey, just give us 50 mil. Like the Cardinals have him under his rookie contract for two more years if they want. Right.
2: The Cardinals would be wise to wait it out. And if Kyler really wants to get a new deal now, then I would say, you know, play better.
1: (laughs) Or, or if you're going to demand this extension now (laughs) to get some long-term stability, like it's going to have to be probably cheaper than the, the top of the market.
2: Yeah, and to your point, too, just stepping back a little bit, like, we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a lot and praise sort of the way he handled the season, and that was ultimately, aside from just playing well enough to get the 49ers to the NFC Championship game, one of the more endearing things about Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers is the fact that none of this shit came up when Jimmy Garoppolo had every opportunity to make it weird and to create drama and didn't, and he just decided to you know he can say what he want about how he plays but the Niners didn't have to deal with any of this stuff Jimmy Garoppolo after the trade happened and and the Niners told the entire world that they were dra- moving up to draft his replacement he didn't bitch and moan he didn't say trade me now he didn't say you know get me somewhere where I can get a contract extension like there was none of that and that's that's ultimately the difference in why that stuff matters because look we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers we've seen it to a certain extent with Russell Wilson we've seen it with Deshaun Watson to a very different level with legal issues that we can't even put in the same bucket but the point here is there isn't all of that ancillary bs with Jimmy Garoppolo that ultimately affects the product on the field right and that to me is what is what's notable about you know looking at Kyler Murray's situation looking at Russell Wilson's situation Aaron Rodgers there's a whole lot of stuff that comes with those guys, even though they're markedly better quarterbacks than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy's just like, yeah, cool. You draft my replacement. All right. I'm going to put my nose down and play hard and we're going to win some games and we're going to make a run in the playoffs and then I'll bounce. And that's cool. You know, like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't any of this ridiculous letter writing or anything like that. Like Kyler Murray's agent, I mean, I don't, I don't know Eric Burkhart, but this is just not a good look.
1: It's a very tough look and credit to Jimmy Garoppolo for just kind of keeping his nose to the grindstone. And, mean, like you said, just leading a team and starting 15 of 17 games and starting all three playoff games and playing through an injury. And that matters because as we've often said, actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. <laughs> So here's a bunch of words. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of the wrong words. Like not even the right words. It's not yeah. like, wow, good statement I hope the Cardinals end up choosing
2: memory. That would be great. <laughs> All
1: right. Let's get to the 49ers. Yeah. We just needed to have some fun with that because it was just off the rails entirely.
2: That's what I mean, honestly, that's that's some good February 28th content right there.
1: I'm mad I don't write for CardsWire. Shout out to our guy Jess Root. Yeah, but I mean,
2: maybe you could editorialize and shoot him something. He'd probably be down for the content. No,
1: if I'm going to write, I'm going to write for Niners Wire. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, six differences between Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm, interesting. One, Jimmy Garoppolo never released a totally unhinged statement. <laughs> Two, Jimmy's a little taller.
2: <laughs> Three, linebacker mentality.
1: <laughs> LB mentality for sure. Four, not as fast. Certainly slower. Anyways. Five quarterback
2: sneak (laughs) metrics. Six NA.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Let's get to the 49ers offseason checklist that we've kind of put together. And we're going to kind of just go through and each of these things is something that needs to get done. Not necessarily in this order, but this is something I think the context for me is if they do these things, they will be in a very good position to be in the playoffs again next year. And depending on how Trey Lance develops, be a really dangerous team in the playoffs. And a lot of this comes back to Trey Lance, right? Like yeah. if if he if he's just not very good, then what the 49ers do this offseason matters matters less. But if he's going to be awesome, then they could they could very very easily put a a super bowl caliber team around him right in in one off season
2: yeah so to me like the biggest moves of this off season or the the most important things of this off season for the 49ers are locking up Debo samuel and Nick Boseph, mm-hmm. um and developing trey lance and then everything else which we'll go through here is just sort of a necessary checklist but but those are the most important things like years down the line if and when the 49ers re-sign Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and they're both perennial pro bowlers and helping them win playoff games for a long time you know the 2022 offseason where they ink those big deals that that keep them around is ultimately going to be the sticking point when we look back so that's that's first and foremost I think on top of obviously getting Trey Lance to develop but that's that's More up to Trey Lance and and I guess the coaching staff and whatever Trey Lance does with his inner circle than like what John Lynch and Adam Peters are doing,
1: right in in Indianapolis this week, right? But they they can't they can't really work on that necessarily. I think until they trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they they have to do that as soon as possible. Really getting his getting his twenty five million dollar cap hit off the books. Well, it's twenty seven million if they keep him, twenty five if they trade. So they can save $25 million against a cap right now. According to over the cap, the 49ers have negative $11 million dollars in effective cap space, which is the maximum amount of cap space once they sign 51 players. So they, they, need, the, they need the room. And we've okay. talked about that before on the podcast. Like that's a big reason why they're going to trade him and why the notion that they, they wouldn't is, is pretty off base because if they don't, they, they aren't going to have any money.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they won't have any money to make the roster better for sure. Right. Like they'll, they'll have, you know, they'll clear once they trade Jimmy Garoppolo and then I'm sure they're going to restructure Eric Armstead and potentially add a year or two to Jimmy Ward's contract. Um, they're probably, probably other guys that I'm not mentioning that could get restructures, but it sounds like they're going to have somewhere around $40 million in cap space. And that's, you know, some of that is going to be allocated to Bosa and Samuel um, I, I will see about like free agency and we'll, we'll talk about it, but I don't know that they're going to be big spenders. I, I think it's more likely they would pay somebody like Lake and Tomlinson a market level contract than like go out and spend, you know, 22 million a year on JC Jackson
1: or something like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little further, but for me, like number one on the checklist, I think even more so than, than Debo and, and Nick Bosa is trading Garoppolo because I don't think any other dominoes can really fall until his contracts off the books and Bosa's under contract for another year. Samuel's under contract for another year. And obviously they'll want to get those extensions done as soon as possible. But the Garoppolo deal for me has to come first because that's, that's a getting that question mark just out, out, just stop, stop the, it stops the media from doing the, maybe they don't trade him. Oh, we'll see getting, getting that out of the locker room and getting his money off the books is just two vital things that just have to be done this offseason. Like yeah. when you're looking at this list, it's like, if they don't do this thing, they're like, they don't resign Lake and Tomlinson. Okay. They can fix that. If they don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and I guess I can just cut him, but, I think it would be kind of a, a, a disaster if they're not getting anything back for them.
2: Yeah. So there were, there was some reporting from the athletic, uh, Jeff Howe who Jeff, Howell, who who is at the combine um, reported on Monday. He, he sort of had a, a roundup of where things stand with the quarterback market. Um, and and there are a few graphs in here that, that stuck out to me. He said, quote, the commanders have already inquired about every quarterback who might be available. According to a source, the early digging is a sign that they plan to be aggressive in an attempt to upgrade the position the Colts, Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers, and Steelers also figure to be diligent according to sources. So that's Washington, Indy, Tampa, New Orleans, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Six teams that that's are potentially in the market for quarterbacks. So, um, you know, and Denver is, is probably going to be in the mix for Aaron Rogers specifically. Um, if houston does move to watson then they open up um so there, are, like there are a lot of opportunities for or there are going to be a lot of teams in the market for a quarterback here um which is which makes it makes it seem like a garoppolo deal is going to happen and and to your point like yeah the the money is really a big issue like that That's sort of an underrated thing that people definitely aren't aren't factoring enough when talking about the 49ers future at quarterback and like, oh, they could keep Jimmy. It's like, yeah, they could. But like then the roster is going to be significantly worse. And then what? Right. But so Jimmy Garoppolo. and, And so there are all these other teams with potential needs at quarterback who are going to be in the market. And I think the 49ers are, are going to be in a pretty good spot, regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And I would say, you know, another thing Howe said was that Deshaun Watson, teams haven't been willing to really trade for Deshaun Watson or Watson hasn't been willing or in a spot to go anywhere else because he's not settling with his 22 lawsuits, right? Those are civil suits that he could settle and more or less put to bed from a civil perspective. But he's not doing that. He's fighting back, and that's making him untradeable at the moment. Um, so there's that. And then you, well, who knows what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like that decision on his part is going to happen within these next couple of weeks, according to Howe's reporting. Um, and then Russell Wilson, there's really been no indication that the Seahawks are trying to trade Russell Wilson, and nor should they unless he absolutely demands a trade, right? So – right. The 49ers are sitting in a pretty good spot with you could say six or seven teams in the market for a quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo potentially being the best one available, which includes a draft class. And if you look at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects list, I'm
1: just writing this down.
2: Yeah, he had was it Cody Pickett 28th?
1: Cody Pickett is or,
2: the first sorry, QB at 28. Ken, Kenny Pickett, Cody Pickett. Oh, yeah. Say Kenny
1: yeah. Pickett, 49ers legend. Yeah. Kenny Cody- Pickett.
2: <laughs> uh, he's 28. So like. He'll get drafted in the first round because quarterbacks always get overdrafted, but there might not be like a real first round quarterback
1: in this class. So Jimmy Garoppolo
2: could end up being the best quarterback that switches teams this offseason.
1: Daniel Jeremiah has his top 50 big board out. You said it. Kenny Pickett, not Cody. Kenny Pickett, number 28. Malik Willis from Liberty, number 32. Uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss at 34 and then Sam Howell at UNC at 47 and like all of them have gone down the board since his last update
2: and it's becoming more and more evident that Trey Lance would have been the first pick in this draft had he come out this year
1: yeah that's another thing Daniel Jeremiah said he said that and that's an interesting that's kind of an interesting thing too is he said there's like 10 players from last year's draft who would have gone number one in this draft (laughs) including Trey Lance And he said that he he thinks Lance would have gone first had he stayed in school and gotten another year of development at the FCS level, but I'm not sure if that's more valuable than getting a year of experience in a pro offense, learning the playbook and getting to be in the classroom and taking scout team reps. I'm not 100% sure that going back to school would have been better for his development that's I not what jeremiah agree. is necessarily saying I, I just i i i just said the
2: the refs would have helped for sure but now he's he's going to enter his second season with an actual off season and not right you know doing pro day stuff and interviews and flying all over the
1: country for that type of stuff so right he'll be better so the niners have to trade jimmy jimmy garoppolo
2: trey lance also posted on instagram that he's in la currently so i'd imagine he's getting to work on his is throwing mechanics and whatever with whichever quarterback guru he settled on. I don't know if that's been reported yet. Um, I would imagine it's John Beck, but I'm not,
1: I'm not entirely sure. Maybe a little Tom house action could be who knows. Um, So that's, that's at the top of my checklist. And right after that is signing a backup quarterback, which we've talked about on this podcast, but I don't think that they can roll into 2022 with like Nate Sudfeld as their QB two. No, and I don't, I don't think they will. I don't think Uh, so either.
2: I'm, I'm team, team Mariota on this one.
1: Well, then you need to pronounce his name, right? It's Mariota. Mariota. I apologize. As a guy who used to cover the Titans. I, uh, (laughs) I know that. So,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, Mariota, Tyron Taylor.
1: Do you think they wind up overpaying for a backup? I mean, what's overpaying? I don't know. Would you give Marcus Mariota, would he make 10 million last year? Would you give him 12? No. To be your QB2? Because He made, he, because, he made because, three and
2: a half last year.
1: Oh, did he? I thought he signed for 10. I did think it was like deal? two years and 10 or something like that. Oh. Anyways. Anyways. I'm to bringing up his spot track right now. Thank you. So to that point, though, I mean, we're talking about all these QB needy teams. A team might sign Mariota to be their starter or a team who drafts a quarterback. Like if Pittsburgh drafts Malik Willis, maybe they also sign Mariota to be his backup or to be the starter. And they they have him start and let Willis take a redshirt year. Well,
2: that's the thing, too, right, is free agencies before the draft. So if you're if you're a backup quarterback or at least a high level backup quarterback who might be a starter, um, like you're probably signing in the first couple weeks of free agency, like a month before teams end up picking. So, I mean, that that that'll factor in, I'm sure, like Mar- the Steelers could sign Mariota and it would make sense um, and then end up drafting somebody who beats him out and then you'd be in the same spot, essentially, as if he were to you know play for the 49ers right um i guess it yeah i mean it it would make sense for him to go to one of these teams that needs a starter yeah but again like i don't know that's 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 not something i've put a whole lot of thought into to be honest but i do think that i mean Mariota to me makes the most sense
1: yeah i think so too and if they can get him for five million great i just don't think he's going to be available for that
2: yeah i could see it he winds up getting eight, north of 10 sign a two-year like 16 million dollar deal with like i don't know tampa or something if they yeah. if they're not in the jimmy market
1: yeah i could see it i i'm i'm remaining committed that they just go all in on the mahomes bit and just sign chad Handy to be his backup that's yeah, my, <laughs> sure. I think that's a kind of like just somebody I, I think. And, and as we go through this, talking about why it's important, I, I think that that, that having a player who can, like if you have to start him, it's like, okay, he might be able to win this game for you, but more so just being like a, a coach in the, on the bench and in meeting rooms, like somebody who's been through it, like Colt McCoy would be another great, addition I think like somebody who's just a career backup like he knows the role he knows the job he just went through it with Kyler and being in the building being able to help out Trey Lance like that's more important than anything they're going to do potentially on the field
2: if you sign Colt McCoy though you have to worry about just his ability to eviscerate your defense on the practice field <laughs> three days a week like great he point. did at Levi Stadium last year like do you want your yeah, backup quarterback embarrassing your defense like that in
1: practice all the time I don't know if you can't, if he's going to make them better, <laughs> tell you that much.
2: Um, no. Yeah. I, that's a good point. Like for me, if I'm looking for, at a backup quarterback and I know this is probably too lofty an expectation, but I'm like, all right, what if Trey Lance is hurt and you have a playoff game? Like who do you feel most comfortable with starting? And obviously you don't feel comfortable starting a backup quarterback, no matter who he is, but which guy, which would you be like all right well at least we have a shot to keep our season alive with this guy in case of injury and to me like that's why i'm thinking Mariota or tyrod taylor
1: yeah and i think Mariota is like absolutely the best option but i just don't think he's gonna be available for the price they're gonna want to pay yeah taylor makes I would, ta- I if i was betting i think i'd bet on tyrod taylor
2: <laughs> yeah especially after the anthony win hiring for sure yeah um yeah. But yeah, I mean, they should pay. They should be willing to pay like seven and a half million, I would think, for a backup. Man, it's a lot of money, wild. but like, it's a young quarterback, and he runs around. He's he 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 does some stuff. He does some stuff. He busted his finger in the preseason last year, and he hurt his knee in his first start. You yeah. know, like you can't. I, I just don't think they can punt on the backup quarterback spot. For sure, that's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I think you're probably right. I think Mariota my that's my prediction. That's my bold prediction. Marcus Mariota is starting for a team next year. Yeah,
2: I don't hate it given that we just list, listed off six teams and like, yeah. if you're looking at, you know, if teams are if I'm a team that like thinks I'm on the cusp of going to the playoffs or like a playoff contender, if I'm looking at like Mitch Trubisky
1: and Marcus Mariota, I'm going with Mariota. Yeah, and I'm not even sure it's close. Here's a question for you. You're the Steelers. You can sign Marcus Mariota for one year, 10 million or trade a third and a future fifth for Jimmy Garoppolo. What are you doing?
2: (sighs) Jimmy Garoppolo. I think really. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Mm Hmm. -hmm. I might go Marcus. Yeah. I'm not super high on Mariota just as a quarterback, but I I just think at that, at that, at that price and not having to go with the draft picks. Just a thought exercise.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you look at Jimmy and Mariota in a vacuum, they're probably pretty close. But if you look at Jimmy, just the fact that he's played in, you know, two NFC championship games in a Super Bowl in the last three seasons. And you're a team like Pittsburgh, who probably is one of the best rosters in the AFC Mm -hmm. and particularly a roster that would be suited to complement garoppolo in terms of having a good defense and potentially a good running game that's sort of like that your windows only open so far and i would rather go with the guy who's been there recently than somebody who's been a backup for the raiders
1: all right that's fair i'll buy that but
2: again like in a vacuum they're they're i don't think jimmy is like way better than mariota
1: but Okay. That makes yeah. sense, though. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, what about players they need to re-sign? We talked about this a tiny bit earlier. I think Laken Tomlinson's at the top of the list, and I don't have a lot to say on that. Like Laken Tomlinson's just a good player, and they need to make sure that they have a good offensive line. That's well, so as far as I'm going to go on that.
2: There are a number of reasons why the 49ers need the interior of their offensive line to be good. Uh, number one, you're going to have a power running game with a potential power running quarterback. So you need to be good inside, right? Yep. Number two, you don't know what the future is going to be with Alex Mack. You're hoping he comes back. If he doesn't, you would really love to have a veteran quality pro bowl level guard helping out whoever is playing center, whether it's a young guy or a new veteran you bring in uh, number three Number 99 for the Rams is a pretty good player, and you go against him twice a year, potentially three times a year if you were to meet them in the playoffs again, and you would like to have a Pro Bowl-level guard to go up against 99 for the Rams. Yeah. So, Lakin Tomlinson is pretty important. I know... I agree. I know you don't love the idea, and I'm not saying you just... In general, I was, uh,
1: I was saying my point was they need to resign him, and that was as far as I was going to go. But go on,
2: no, no, no. I, but, but I know they you know, you typically would not be in love with like, man, we're paying a guard 12 million dollars a year, right? Like, that's not great, but it's like, you know what, sometimes you just got to do it because, like, you could make a case that if the 49ers had better play, say, at right guard and Aaron Donald is slowed a little bit in the fourth quarter of the Rams game then maybe the Niners win and maybe they go to the Super Bowl and they're probably a better team than Cincinnati who they beat in the regular season and then maybe they won the Super Bowl like those are the stakes so that's the difference between like yeah well you know we'd we'd much rather pay Lake and Tomlinson six or seven million dollars a year than 12 but it's like all right well you're going against Aaron Donald to get to the, the Super Bowl to get to where you want to get to like you ultimately look back potentially and say, yeah, that was probably good that we paid Lake and Tomlinson and didn't try to tape something together with some rookies or bargain bin players.
1: Well, and we've seen how poorly trying to piece together the right guard spot has gone. Like that was a problem in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones just kind of took over late in that game in the NFC Championship game this year. You said it, Aaron Donald just took over late in that game. So I think they still have to plug in the right guard spot. Alex Mack is 37. Late thirties, so at some point they're going to need a center. And if you let Lake and Tomlinson walk, now you need to figure out your left guard spot too. And I know they drafted Aaron Banks in the second round last year, and I know they drafted Jalen Moore with the intention of kicking him inside. But is that going to be the two guys you want to rely on to to shore up the inside of your the interior offensive line? It's it's not spoiler right. Large.
2: And if you're clearing forty million in space by trading Garoppolo right. and restructuring your other guys, like.
1: That's a worthwhile investment, in my opinion. Yes, I I am totally with you. It's not like, I mean, this is this is why you have a a, a quarterback on a rookie contract, exactly to be able to sign guys like this and to help that help that player out as much as possible. Exactly. So I'm I, I think they have to prioritize landing Tomlinson a lot. So um, I would so go far further we
2: have... in saying like, like we've spent a lot of time talking about cornerback. Obviously, but like I would go further to say, like a top priority this offseason should be making the offensive line one of the best in the league. Yes. Yes. Because if the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl with Trey Lance at quarterback over the next two or three years, they're going to need to run the ball and they're going to need to protect Trey. And you don't do either of those things without an elite offensive line, given that, you know, who you have to go against in the NFC to get there yeah so like bring back Tomlinson hope that Alex Mack comes back if not maybe you use that you know 61st overall pick on a center Um, or maybe regardless you you use that that pick on a guy who will be your center of the future who maybe could play guard while Alex Mm -hmm. Mack is you know playing in the last year or two of his career Um, but no like if they took an interior offensive lineman with their first draft pick I as long as it's the right guy, I would have zero problem with it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm very pro. Uh, in fact, this can be the next thing on the checklist. So, so far, we have trade Jimmy Garoppolo, get Debo and Nick Bosa signed long term, sign a backup, resign Lake and Tomlinson. The next one, and just draft good players. Like, they don't have such a need that sticks out that it's like, man, they need to address this in the draft they didn't just trade DeForest Buckner where it's like, man, they got to find his replacement. They just need, they have so many spots on their roster that need better depth or a better starter that just whoever the top player is on the board, take it. Yes. Forget, forget need. If, if the this isn't going to happen, but let's say uh, Drake London a, a receiver from USC that almost everybody has is a top Three receiver in this draft. If he falls to 61, draft him. Like they don't <laughs> need a receiver, but shoot, like get good players. Yeah. That's, that's something that, and I think that's why they've been successful in the later rounds is because at that point they start drafting for need and they're just like, oh, here's a talented guy. Let's take him. Right.
2: Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I do think when you look at like the fifth round, that's the, the reason why they do have success there is, is, is that they're not drafting their like, you know, they didn't draft Trey Greenlaw because they absolutely had to have a linebacker. There was like, well, here's a guy who's been starting for four years and we think is a high level individual and who's, you know, faster than he tested and all of that stuff. And we're thrilled that he's here. And then he comes in and ends up being a very valuable player for them as a rookie when they go to the Super Bowl and makes a lot of big plays. Right. Right. Um, George Kittle, same boat. Like they did need a tight end, but you know, it wasn't like, OK, we're going to go get a tight end the first round. We're just like, all right, we like a guy and we're going to snag him in round five. And that's yep. so I'm with you. Like, I think needs ultimately are some of the most overrated things just when talk when having the whole draft conversation, yep. because needs change all the time. I yep. need, team needs change when somebody twists an ankle during practice on a Wednesday right? Like when you're drafting players, you're banking on that guy being part of your team for the next four to six years or however long. Mm -hmm. You draft that player thinking we want to get him in the building. We think he's going to be a good player for us. It doesn't matter if you have an opening for him right away. And in some cases, yeah, you obviously like, you know, if the 49ers had lost Trent Williams, then, you know, who knows what they do at, at tackle? Like, they might have right. not drafted Trey Lance and, and instead drafted, you know, Slater. They, they could have stayed at 12 and drafted Slater out mm-hmm. of Northwestern or, or done, what they'd done what they done what they need to do to get him because they, they, you know, that's obviously an important spot. But like, other than that, just draft good players. Yep. Draft the right guys.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. got your happy price price line
2: thing about twitter too especially draft twitter you're like man really like this guy blah 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 and everyone's like yo we don't need him it's like okay so I'm, i can only like players who like slot yeah. into the contract situation like who's a free agent it's like it doesn't work that way that's not how the league operates
1: no team has ever lost the super bowl because they had too many good players yes that's never happened yeah get good players in the building Couple more things I want to get to uh, as far as re-signing. Uh, just yes or no, Raheem Mostert. <sighs> What's the cost? Um, uh, like a like three million.
2: Yes, yes, at three million. No, at six or seven. Which he's probably going to try to get.
1: Yeah, I'm out on that as well. But three or four, I would give him Kwan Williams. Uh.
2: Probably not because I think you probably need to get younger.
1: I think so too. Um, Arden key. No, because of cost or you just, you're out on Arden key, the player.
2: No, I think he'll, some, some other team will overpay him.
1: Okay. That's fair. I'm not matching. If I'm the Niners, I'm not, I'm not matching
2: Arden keys, you know, $8 million a year that he's going to get.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm right there. Um, a little bit of a carry hider situation, exactly. So, getting back to K1 Williams, let's talk about the next thing on the checklist. I think they need to help their cornerback depth. They need to get better at corner. Yes, and whether that means so, I think they have two options. There's the go big option, which I don't foresee happening just because of the way we've seen them invest in corner over the last few years. There's go sign Stephon Gilmore or JC Jackson. Jackson will get more than Gilmore, but one of those top of top of market guys, or you aim a little lower and you get like a Steven Nelson and a Casey Hayward. And those are guys who, okay, maybe they start, maybe one of them is better than Ambry Thomas or Emmanuel Mosley or whatever it is. But if they don't, you feel better about Casey Hayward coming in or Steven Nelson coming in than you do about Josh Norman coming in. What about DJ Reed? I'm so in on DJ Reed. In fact, if I'm putting together like a list of outside free agents they should go get, he is at or near the top. He's not I at think, top. he's near the
2: top. I think they would be wise to get a corner who could play in the slot and outside. Yep. Because as good as Kwan Williams was, I think it hurt the 49ers from a depth perspective given the fact that he couldn't play outside yes or they never used you. him outside because that's that's a roster spot right like that's a spot on your roster you typically have five cornerbacks on your roster and if one of them can only play inside then that hurts your depth on the outside and their depth on the outside was clearly an issue for a significant part of the or for the first half of the season um so if you can get somebody like DJ Reed who could play both inside and outside then you know, like say, say he starts opposite Emmanuel Mosley, and then when you there are three receivers on the field, he kicks inside of the slot, and then you play Ambry Thomas in a part-time role. You have probably feel better about Ambry in a part-time role than you would as an every-down player, right? Like, is that fair? Yeah. Not yes. that he's bad, but like that—that's just sort of the value you get in having somebody who can play both in the slot and on the outside. Like Carlos Rogers, Niners fans know. Mm-hmm. Super valuable the fact that he could play both inside and outside.
1: Yep, yeah. I think, I think that, uh, I think that's the route they go. I think they bring in a free agent or two, and it's a veteran, maybe had one or two like really nice years a couple years ago, but have kind of fallen off. And just they need to be 30% better than Josh Norman. So are, you, are, you re-
2: are you re re-sign, resigning Josh Norman?
1: Yeah. Give him the <laughs> max.
2: <laughs> the franchise tag. Do they have his do they have his bird rights? <laughs>
1: um... <laughs> Josh Norman franchise tag would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think there's any chance that they look at what happened with like Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. in the in the NFC championship game and go um, and go, Hey, we're just signing Stefan Gilmore and we're going to let him play man and just go one-on-one with the other team's best receiver. If that's he's not, even capable of that anymore.
2: That's not typically what they've done schematically. Right. But, um, but no, I mean, getting Gilmore to me is, is a lot like signing Richard Sherman in 2018.
1: Yeah, I guess
2: like back end of his career, probably not as physically, you know, probably not as the same physically that he was earlier on, but somebody he was who a
1: DPOY two years ago.
2: Right. But I mean, corners age pretty quickly as, as we've seen and he's been yeah. hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, they, it would make sense. But again, I'm if I'm signing Gilmore, I'm probably maxing out at like, I don't know, 10 to 12 million.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to get more than that. Yeah, he might. But he might uh,
2: he might decide, like, hey, I really want to win. You know, like, this team makes the most sense for me, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows? He's an East Coast guy, so we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, we talked about the offensive line and needing help on the offensive line. The other... Wait, what about DJ Jones? I... I would overpay a little for DJ Jones. But like just because if you're going to base your your defense around your defensive line and you have a player like Jones who is going to be effective as effective as he is without like making top of market DeForest Buckner Aaron Donald money I think you need to hold on to that guy cuz DJ Jones I think is a really good player but he also might get like paid paid
2: yeah So I think D.J. Jones is going to get more than the 49ers are willing to pay him. I agree. And I won't necessarily fault them for not being willing to pay him. I think ultimately how it's going to shake out is he's going to leave. You remember, D.J. Jones was a six-round pick. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, good nose tackles or score on trees in the sixth round. But, like, you could potentially replace him with a competent player in, you know, day two or day three of the draft and feel okay about it and plus with eric armstead playing three technique as well as he did late in the season i'm probably moving javon kinlaw to nose full time because i don't know if javon kinlaw is a three down player yet so like if you lose dj jones you might just have his replacement right there in kinlaw yeah and then maybe kinlaw can give you more as a pass rusher as he continues to develop but i mean ultimately you know, obviously you'd like to have DJ Jones because he's good, but bringing him back also probably means fewer reps for Kinlaw.
1: And you really need Kinlaw to be good. Right. But I also think, I mean, aside, aside from that, just to get back to your point on DJ Jones, I mentioned him being a good player and I would overpay for him a little bit, but I also think like you can, Get his level of production out of Kevin Givens and Kinlaw and right, right. random free agent who signed a Zach Kerr type of player.
2: Quality depth piece.
1: Really quality depth piece. Zach Kerr, um, <laughs> and Kentavia
2: Street, by the way. Um, yeah, like if I were to rank the 49ers priorities in terms of free agency, I would put Tomlinson atop at the, the list. And I think I would have K-Wan... And DJ Jones significantly lower DJ Jones probably second for me. But again, like if another team's like, Hey, here's, you know, four years, $32 million. I'm like, all right, enjoy. Yeah. Best of luck, you know, cause I'm probably just drafting another nose tackle, giving those reps to Kinlaw and hoping, you know, givens and street can um, can come in and do that for you at a much cheaper price.
1: Yeah. And I think they can, yeah i think so too and i love dj jones but if you can get but if you can resign dj jones for maybe a little more than they were willing to pay i think they should do it
2: one of my bigger regrets during the pandemic or from the pandemic is not getting to eat the the dj jones family barbecue
1: yeah because that was
2: going to happen at some point dj had promised us one of the nicest guys on the team really like
1: dj he's a really really good dude um we talked about the offensive line and needing offensive line help that was on the checklist for sure. I have decided on this take that I'm just hey, I'm just I'm holding on to it. I think the 49ers are going to draft a tight end early. Because they're trading George Kittle, yep, for Xavier Howard. <laughs> I love the internet so much. Uh, no, I, I so Ross Dwelly, Ross the boss, is a free agent. And... Sacramento zone. Sacramento zone, Ross Dwelly, is a free agent. Charlie Werner is the only other tight end on the roster, and God bless Charlie Werner, but I think they want another dynamic player as their second tight end. And when I've been very doing my very cursory early reading on on some draft picks, I think there's going to be a couple tight ends at that spot who can block and also catch passes when the Niners pick at 61. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's just like, man, there's a really good player at tight end available at 61 that they take because they need a tight end too who can stretch the field a little bit. And I think that that has to be a priority for them. Or maybe they get like a Gerald Everett or something in free agency. But. I think, I think we see them be a little more aggressive at that spot rather than drafting somebody in the sixth round.
2: I'm with you, um, but I think Come it's on. more... It's less about like a roster construction standpoint and more about, like, let's get guys that fit exactly what we want to do with Trey Lance. Because I sort of envision an offense that's going to be super tight end heavy, very play-action heavy and you just need somebody more dynamic in the passing game than Charlie Warner as a secondary option to Kittle. Yep. So like, if you're looking at, okay, how do we, where, where can we find upgrades to really maximize Trey Lance? That number two tight end spot is, is really it for me. Or one of the spots for me for sure. Um. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't know how early they go, but like, man, if they used a third round pick on a tight end, I think that would be, you know, again, it has to be the right guy, obviously, but like that,
1: I will not have any problem with it. And no, they're not going to trade George Kittle. Right. Uh, last thing for me on our checklist here, and we touched on it a little bit earlier. I think they need to get younger at center unless they really like Jake Brendel, which who knows? But I do think they need to get younger at center. Where else do you think they can get younger? If anywhere, they're not a super old team. I mean, Robbie Gold's pretty old, but
2: you're not going. Yeah, they the could get up. younger
1: at kicker for sure. You're not going to bring in a kicker. Um, where could they get younger? That's what I was trying to like. Jimmy Ward's not going anywhere. Fred Warner's still young. Dre Greenlaw's still young. Aziz Shire is still young. I mean,
2: you could afford you could afford to bring in another safety because you're not entirely sure what you're getting from Tavarius Moore. Um, right. and I think he's in a contract year, if I'm not mistaken, coming back.
1: But that's just like that's just a possible need. That's not like, man, they they are that they are on the verge of losing a player to retirement.
2: No, I mean they have a good roster. Yeah. Um, but center, yeah. in in terms of the spot where you're like, all right, they need a plan. Right. I mean, even if Alex Mack comes back, which is not certain, but they need a plan for the future of that position because that's a
1: very important spot. The other interesting one is at right tackle. Yeah. I'm not putting that on the offseason checklist because if they don't address what they're doing at right tackle. It's not the end of the world, but I'm fascinated to see how that plays out with Mike McGlinchey coming back off the injury. He was playing better before he got hurt. Um, but he's going to be due for an extension. He's on the fifth This year will be the fifth year of his rookie contract. Just an interesting, interesting subplot. But like I said, not, not something I'm saying, Oh, they need to address that right now. But if they went into the draft and found a good right tackle, it wouldn't shock me if they took.
2: Him. Yeah. McGlinchy's fascinating. I am very. Um, I guess on the other side of where the internet consensus seems to be on Mike McGlinchey. I know he didn't play particularly well in 2020. Um, I think there were a bunch of extenuating circumstances surrounding that, including the pandemic, including his weight loss, including his mental health, which he's talked about pretty openly. Um, look, McGlinchy was good in 2019 and he was pretty good as a rookie in 2018. So um, I tend to believe that that's who Mike McGlinchy is as a player, much more so than um, 2020 and then getting hurt last year. So I could see it like it would certainly make sense. But I also think that's kind of why you have somebody like Jalen Moore or Colton McKivitts, right? Yeah. Or even Tom Compton, I guess. Um, who who's also a free agent. You
1: franchising you you franchising Tom Compton, by the way? Yes. Okay. Um figure out a way to get two franchise tags. <laughs> Tom Compton one, Josh Norman two.
2: Um, but no, I don't think right tackle is a glaring need as long as McGlinchey's around. But yeah, you know, given the fact that this is the last year of his rookie contract, you do have to think about it. Yep. So and that's maybe- Maybe you can get him cheaper now that he's his
1: stock isn't exactly soaring at the moment. Right. If on an extension, I mean. So that's my offseason checklist trade Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to sign Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa to extensions, sign a backup quarterback, resign Lake and Tomlinson, fix the cornerback depth, get some offensive line help, not even necessarily starters but just maybe some better depth and maybe that's Darren Banks or Jalen Moore kind of rising and and taking over the right guard spot and shoring that up. I think they need to add a second tight end and I think they need to get younger at center. And even the getting younger at center isn't vital this, this year. Like that's at the bottom of the list. That's bonus content.
2: Well, so another thing, like they need to, I guess they need to get the answer from Alex Mack pretty soon here
1: on whether whether he's he's... playing this year yeah oh yeah yeah i was under the assumption he was gonna play this year no he's undecided oh he's tbd yeah he's tbd we don't know can we get him on the show can we get him while you cut out for like a split second can we get him on the pat mcafee show (laughs) see if he'll announce it there uh maybe we can get him on the candlestick chronicles podcast oh dude let's do it
2: uh we'll try hit your people that know his people yeah I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, maybe, but I'd be you know, sick. I could put feelers out there. Yeah, why not? Um, Producing. What are you looking forward to most about the NFL scouting combine taking place in Indianapolis this week? Because I know mine.
1: Apparently, there's some kid from, I think it's UTSA, who is going to challenge John Ross's 40 yard dash record. Oh, and sorry. I need to see it. That probably means he's going to run like a four three one, which is still unbelievably impressive. But a four two eight or whatever John Ross ran is insane. A four eight is fast. I knew kids in high school who ran a four eight,
2: and they were fast as hell. I'm amazed that these dudes are faster than that.
1: Oh yeah. Just, just an aside, like human beings. Somebody, somebody I work with who is older. I'm 31, and this person is is older than me by by uh, several years. Is convinced that he'd run a sub five forty. We get it. You know Matt Steinman's. <laughs> no, see, Stiney actually played college hoop and he is very <laughs> humble about it. Okay. Um his co-host. Not so much.
2: You know my least favorite, or I love Guru, by the way. Keep yeah. going. Um my uh it's not my favorite. So when I say it's my favorite, I'm being completely facetious. But like sure. Draft prospect X says he's be a great fit for team Y content. Just I'm out. Like has that bubble popped yet? Do we need to hear about how every single prospect is a fit for every single team? Because Tell they said that- it at the podium. Like, of course a receiver is going to say, yeah, I'd love
1: to play for Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or Matt Wilford. Like I'm out. Hit me, hit me when the prospects like, actually, you know what? I don't think I fit there. Yeah. I'm more of a 4-3 defensive end. They play a 3-4. I, You know, if I got drafted by them, I'd be pretty bummed. Yes. If you're That's a content news.
2: creator and you're going to the combine and you're listening to this, d- write about the guys hey. that say they don't fit.
1: Hey, take it a little easy because the first prospect that says he would be a good fit with the Niners is getting blogged about on NinersWire.com.
2: <laughs> the first one?
1: Dude, Kenny Pickett could be like, I'm a good fit in that offense. And it'll be like Kenny Pickett. <laughs> An Watch SEO for sure. <laughs> NFL draft 2022. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh QB, 49ers.
2: Are we sure the 49ers like Trey Lance? <laughs> Are we sure the Niners
1: aren't going to trade up to draft a quarterback again? Oh my God. Yeah. Extra um, darts at the dartboard
2: yeah it like that those are the same type of stories it's like so and so player says he's in the best shape of his life hey start a training camp
1: it's like do we want to do we want to rank in the next pod do we want to rank our like five least favorite combine storylines
2: yeah I'm i mean so i can in. i can do it too easily and i feel bad because I, I i mean i know a lot of people in media who have to do it's not like they're like bad
1: it's just like it feels
2: repetitive yeah it's it's Not helpful to the discourse like I don't Feel like I'm learning a whole lot by Yeah Some receiver saying he would fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense Yeah I mean uh, So
1: is is there
2: going to Be a more comped player To Debo Samuel
1: bro Go look up Traylon Burks From Arkansas just Traylon Burks NFL draft and click through Some of the profiles and just control F Debo Samuel (laughs) He ran it like 38 times in college, so watch out.
2: Yeah, it's he's basically Debo. There's gonna be like a Debo meter and like with every draft, like every single receiver is gonna be like, is this guy, can this guy be Debo? Can this guy can, can this he be, guy, be what
1: can he can, do what Debo does? <laughs> and then you're gonna get the draft analyst. It's like, well, nobody can be Debo Samuel, but right.
2: It even happened after 2019. Like, but now it's gonna be even worse. It's like, you know, this guy can can take jet sweeps and he reminds you a lot of Debo Samuel. It's like, all right.
1: Yeah. Tough. I haven't seen a lot of it, but definitely Trail on Burks from Arkansas. I believe our guy Danny Kelly compared him to Debo Samuel with a power up mushroom. Right. So like bigger Debo Samuel, which sounds terrifying. And if that's the case, draft him first overall because that would be an awesome player to have. Anyways,
2: you know who's also <laughs> a lot like Debo Samuel, Tavon Samuel, Tavon Austin. Oof, yikes! And like, that, yikes. that's that's what I'm saying, right? Like Percy Harvin,
1: right? Just because you can like run the ball, it's like is he Debo Samuel? Like uh, probably not. No. Anyway, let's, let's spoiler play. alert the process. The the prospect isn't gonna probably be like Debo Samuel. We will get further into the draft as we get closer to that time. We are finally, it's coming on Wednesday. I'm committing to it by announcing it on the podcast. Barring a Jimmy Garoppolo trade between 8.01 p.m. Monday, February 28th, and whenever we record on Wednesday, we're doing the Trey Lance rewatch pod that we've been teasing for two months. <laughs> huh. It's happening on Wednesday. We're going to watch his week five start and then his week 17 start and figure out what was better and what was worse and what we might be able to expect based on those two starts. Yes, we'll take the dive. It's happening. We're doing a dive. We're going to grind the tape. And we're not just going to replay the episodes that we ran after the, uh, after a start. That would be a hilarious bit. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to do a deep dive? It's just (laughs) repurpose content all right thanks for listening everybody if you like the podcast please subscribe that would be awesome uh we're planning on doing some more stuff with this pod in terms of venturing into different uh media so more subscribers more likes more positive reviews would be five stars five stars pretty please five stars i mean if my laugh is annoying and you want to go four stars fine but would prefer five for sure um